Welcome to The Conversation, a podcast for and about women in business. I'm your host, Gina Simeone. I'm a digital marketing consultant for the Google Premier Partnered Agency, Single Throw Marketing, in Wall, New Jersey. The trend of women in business is growing every day, and over the last 20 years, more women have started their own businesses than ever before, and the amount of women who have risen up the corporate ladder to a VP or C-suite position in their company has significantly increased. The dream of women holding a large presence in the business world is finally a reality. Welcome back to The Conversation. Today, we have a very special guest, Monica Martinez Milan. She is a franchise owner for Stumpy's Hatchet House in Greenbook, New Jersey. Hi, Monica. Hi. Good morning, Gina. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for joining us on our show. Um, To give your listeners a little background, I had the opportunity to hear Monica speak at a networking event a couple months ago, and she talked about her story and how Stumpy's Hatchet House came to be and all of her trials and tribulations. And I was very moved. And immediately afterwards, I was like, you have to be on my podcast because people need to hear this story. It is just really awesome. So with that being said, so I know you have Stumpy's Hatchet House, which is an axe throwing. Yeah, that's right. It's it's an axe throwing uh, venue. We wanted to kind of be a system buster and uh, create a space where people can go out and have some fun and relieve some stress, which we don't have enough of that. Yeah, true. I did uh, try to throw an axe and it was a lot harder than I thought. (laughs) I mean, these axes are huge and you have to just throw. And I'm like, I think I hit a wall. I probably decapitated somebody along the process, (laughs) but I'm sure you have to sign your life away when you actually do it. But um, that being said, so you have Greenbrook. Um, Greenbrook has been in business for a little over three years. And yeah, the, the axe throwing is something very different. It's not something that we're used to doing picking up a tool and throwing it. Uh, yeah. But it must be such a great stress reliever that your audience finds. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's why we wanted to do that because I worked in corporate for over 16 years and we carried so much stress around. And when the opportunity presented itself to us um, at first, I thought, I told my husband, all right, you're crazy. You know, you, no, no, thank you. And then uh, he called, he asked me again, like two weeks later, he's like, are you sure you don't want to look into it? And I was like, you know what? We've done crazier things. All right, let's just give it a try. So we went to check out another location. And that's where I realized what I was missing my whole life. Like I, I just crazy. absolutely loved the energy. All right, great. Well, so let's let's go kind of rewind a little bit. Tell me a little bit about, you know, growing up and your whole story about how you got to where you are today. All right, so I'll kind of condense it for the audience so I don't bore everyone. Um, but I was born and raised in Newark um, and in Kearney. My parents are immigrants, so they came to this country from Spain. Um, They had to reinvent themselves here because in Spain, they were somebody when they were there. But then once they came here, different language, no one knew who they were. You know, they had to start all over again. So after some years of saving and everything and and working various jobs, they were uh, lucky enough to be entrepreneurs or wanting to be entrepreneurs, and they purchased a business in Newark. Um, And that's where we basically served um, the Spanish and Portuguese community for so many years. So I innately had that um, entrepreneurial spirit in me since I was a child. And then sort of after that, uh, well, I was their translator. I was their, you know, their interpreter, their translator. I did so many things as a child 
that a lot of children um, of immigrant families know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, we carried a lot of, uh, I don't want to say stress, but a lot of responsibility on our shoulders as kids. Um, but they had a vision for me. They wanted me to go beyond what they did. So I, you know, college was important. I studied in college and studied sociology and psychology. I didn't follow that profession, but I used it when I joined corporate and, uh, and did that for various years as well. So how many languages do you speak? So I speak Spanish, Portuguese, English. Um, I definitely understand French. I used to speak it, but it's, I, I don't practice with anyone. So I'd say three and a half. Wow. That's two and a half more than I speak. Yeah. <laughs> so that- well, our community was Portuguese and just being in the business, you just, I just learned how to speak it since I was a kid. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They used to think I was Portuguese and the, the customers would come in and, tell my mom, whose kid does this belong to? Daddy, why are you babysitting a Portuguese kid? And she's like, no, it's my kid. It's my child. So That's awesome. You were kind of like a natural born leader from the start, it seems like. And then as you were um, evolving into your career, what steps did you take as far as you said you were in corporate? Um, what kind of corporate land were you in? Yeah. So I worked in telecom for so many years. Right after college, a friend of mine worked for a large telecommunications company, and they were looking to hire. And back then, it it was hard to get in the corporate um, environment. You you had to know someone. Um, Now, there's so much, there's such a surplus. um, But back when I was looking, it was difficult to get in. Um, But I learned, I became an office admin supporting a sales team, which I, I loved sales. And then from there, I trained with project managers and implementation engineers and that's what I eventually got promoted um, to do. I worked in corporate in within the telecommunications company for so many years, and I implemented networks uh, globally. I was sort of like a customer liaison, so I worked on installing the IT infrastructure for you name it: Coldwell Banker, Realogy, oh, wow. large to small um, was our specialty. I even helped install satellite dishes during 9-11 in Manhattan uh, right after that tragedy to try to help uh, families get in touch with each other. So yeah, tell me, tell me a little more about that. I remember you did speak about that when I saw you. So we all remember like where we were. There's a, there's something, um, like a lot in psychology, uh, something tragic. You'll, you'll remember exactly what you were doing, where you were. And we were in um, our office in Cedar Knolls at the time. And uh, they only had, When the tower came down, there was only one channel that was working on their television because everything was, all the communications were taken down um, and it was the Spanish channel. So the team, like, they were like, you have to sit in here and translate and tell us what's going on. And then once we realized that so many of our customers were in that building, we serviced that building um, and the the, the ones in the area, uh, we quickly put together a team to bring water and socks and everything um, through uh, our network into ground zero. But then we also worked on implementing, um, they were like trailers um, and Mm -hmm. satellite connectivity into that space. So I, that innately, I've always wanted to help people. I've done it as a kid. My mom and I used to drive around in her station wagon and collect furniture that others would throw away in the trash, save them for families that were coming here from other countries. And when we would hear so, so-and-so might be coming in, or, you know, we heard of a family, we would fill up their house with furniture and have a place for them, a comfortable place for them to live. So that's wow. always been ingrained in me. And um, 
through the years, service was always important. So when this happened, it was like the, I just felt so honored to be able to help families. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We always get that, you know, I'm in sales and client facing and customer relationships and things of that nature. And it's just, it is, there's something fulfilling about just making somebody happy or helping and just kind of putting yourself out there. And, you know, just going back to Stumpy's Hatchet House, people don't think of it as like an opportunity. Like my initial thought is not, oh, this place can really help people. Mm -hmm. But then when you think about it, you're like, wow, this place can really help people. Tell me about how Stumpy's came to be. You said that you were kind of hesitant at first. Uh, Tell me that story. So oh, yeah, so shortly after I'm so working in corporate for so long, um, and I and I met my husband. Um, he's a country boy here in New Jersey. So uh, I moved out and started living with him out in the country. Being that I grew up in the city, I never knew what the some of the issues were living in the country, like encountering bears, um, <laughs> deer, and some deer ticks. And uh, I I'd like to explain that what happened was I was bitten by several ticks not knowing what they were, I sort of threw them away or, you know, saved some, took them to the doctor. And uh, the doctor's like, look, you know, you could get uh, sick from this, but you don't have a bullseye. Everything looks okay. And I sort of continued living my life in the country. And then shortly after I was bitten by the tick, I started to see some signs of Lyme disease, but I did not know what Lyme disease was. I had no idea that my heart palpitations had anything to do with that. My hair falling out had anything to do with that. The brain fog, I I didn't realize. I would go to the doctor and they'd say, no, you you look okay. Your blood work looks fine. There's no Lyme. You don't have Lyme. Everything looks okay. You know, you're just maybe depressed or anxious or whatever. And um, so I carried that for five years. Um, Every month, something new would happen or develop. And I literally felt like I was going crazy. Um, I also carried a lot of, trauma and stuff when I was a kid, my poor parents, not poor, but my poor parents had to work a lot. And I had to basically raise myself. So there was a lot of stuff that I carried. So everything turned on like a light switch, the Lyme disease, the trauma, it all hit me really hard. And um, it got to the point where I had to retire from my job that I loved so much to get better, because I just, you know, doctors didn't know what was wrong. And they thought I was going to end up in a wheelchair in 10 years, they said, and, and they found something else. And so I, I told my husband, I said, I cannot function. I, I have two little kids. They're, they're the ones that are keeping me alive right now. So I took two years to, to recover and, and figure out what was wrong. We found the right doctor, went through treatment and started to peel back the layers of that onion of everything. It's like a multifaceted uh, healing that I went through. And then right after when I got, when I connected to my higher power, you know, I did everything. I, I healed in every way. Um, and I still keep healing, but I started practicing yoga and meditation. I became a certified yoga instructor. I did everything I could to get better. And he got the call about the hatchet throwing. And I looked at him and I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to be helping people. I'm doing yoga, meditation, all these good things. And now you're, you're waving a hatchet at me. Like I asked, like <laughs> the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. I, I was asking God, the universe, uh, the higher power, like, okay, you're challenging me. What, like, how do I deal with this now? Like you're, right. you're throwing a weapon. You're, you're telling me to teach people how to throw a weapon. And then it started to make sense. I realized this, this is not a weapon. Like after I threw the hatchet, 
I, I look at it as a tool to help people release and let go. And also to feel empowered, to break fear, so many reasons why. And I, I made this promise that if we were opening a location, that I would do everything I could to continue to help the community, which I feel like, you know, we're so fortunate to be able to still do. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Lyme's disease. I have a couple of friends that have gone through that process and it takes a while to diagnose and to kind of get it under control. It's, it's a lot more than people understand. Yes. And it's, it's just almost like an invisible disease in some, in some cases, um, other ones there, I was clearly, I, I felt like I was 90, yeah. um, but no one knew what it was. And, you know, it was, I almost started to give up until I had that breakthrough moment where I was on my hands and knees asking God to help me. And that's when I started to feel this um, energy take over, like basically saying like, this is not your death sentence. You're not going to let this take over you. There's too much to, you have too much to live for. Gotcha. So, um, wow. I did everything I could. and and when. I got that second chance to do something new and to relive my life. I, I never looked back. I look back as a good lesson learned, all the bad, all the good. I always look at it as a lesson, but I'm so grateful to be here today. So I do everything I can to continue to stay in that mindful, in that mindset. That's really awesome. So you said a couple of things um, that, you know, really kind of resonated with me, you know, when you were at your lowest point and you had to leave your job and you had to kind of start over and you had two little kids, you know, what would you say to women who are kind of struggling with that right now? You know, COVID hit, a lot of people lost their jobs. Uh, They've had to homeschool their kids. They've been you know, probably in not the best place in their life right now and want to give up or want to throw in the towel. What is your advice for that? Yeah. So I believe that it's when we always say like, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? I switched it around and, and through my journey, um, I, I realized that it's why is this happening for me? So there's a reason why things are happening for you. And the one thing that I, I started to also realize is that we can't do it alone. Like trying, that used to be my old way of thinking. I was the kid that did everything alone. And it helped me and it served me when I was a kid and when I was a little, you know, growing up, but that doesn't know that no longer serves me. They protected me back then, but now we need to collaborate with people. So what you're doing by having a call to help empower women, that's collaboration. We're now helping each other. I know you, you know me, and I can help if someone has, you know, they have something they have to work on they can come to me and I can connect with you. And it's all about collaboration. I feel like that's, what's going to keep us above water. Yeah, absolutely. That is, that's great advice. Great advice. You got, you got this call for Stumpies. Your husband convinces you to do it. You go check out the location. You see that it's really something that can help people. Um, so how did you get it off the ground? When did you get off the ground and, and what happened when COVID came? Cause obviously you had to shut right. down, right? Absolutely. So we treated it like we were having a baby. In the past, I realized when I got too excited and I had great ideas, I would share them with a few people and they just didn't believe in them. They, it wasn't resonating with them. So they would infuse the ideas with, with their stuff. So I'm all about sensing that energy. And my husband and I kept it to ourselves initially, just partnered with our attorney um, with the people that were our advisors to help us through the process. And um, I know New Jersey pretty well because I worked in sales and I traveled all over 
And I had a vision that I wanted to open on the 22 corridor, knowing how many families live there. There are a lot of companies there. And there wasn't much going on aside from the bowling alley um, on Route 22 that resonated with, with, the, with hatchet drawing. So I figured, let's find a location in that area. And we did approach various towns. Um, but at the time, they just didn't understand what hatchet throwing was. Hatchet throwing was. So they said no, they declined, not realizing, but look, these guys are going to bring so many opportunities to the community and they pay it forward and they hire these people and they're a good family. They, they didn't realize what they were getting. And we happened to drive past uh, the old Capitol lighting building because we got lost one day on Route 22 in Greenbrook. So we both looked at the building and my husband and I were like, after nine months of searching, I said, wow, babe, wouldn't this be like great location for our, for our hatchet throwing business? And he's like, yeah, but it's probably way, it's a retail spot. So it's going to be a lot, but we did it anyway. We, we didn't let anything stop us. We called them. And within two weeks, we had a lease agreement signed. And wow. it was that. yeah, and it's owned by a family, which is even for me, it means more to me just because we know the family. That's great. Yeah. So now you opened it, you signed the lease. Did you, what did you do for marketing to kind of get your name out there and let people know? Because, you know, it was still a new concept, relatively new. People didn't really know what it was. So what were your um, tactics there? So mine are very old school and grassroots. Um, I love to connect with people before we opened around the time we, when we started building and had the location secured, I traveled through the whole entire area and I tried meeting business owners face to face. I wanted to connect with them and Tell them like, hey, we're your neighbors. If you ever need anything, we're right down the road. We're, we want to invite you to stop in just to take a look. Even the construction is cool. And uh, we want to connect with you. And I, I have to say a lot of people were very welcoming and, and intrigued. And then yeah. others laugh in my face. You know, they literally laughed in my face. But I, I didn't let it stop me. You know, they laughed in my face. They didn't understand it. Right. But I look at them and I'm like, one day you're going to be there because a friend of yours is going to invite you to come and join them for a birthday or something. And I also took it to the corporate level. One area where I wanted to focus on was team building aspect because we worked in corporate for so long. We really needed, we understood that companies need to do something with their team and their teams need to get out and bond and, and work and collaborate and share just some good energy. So that's where I really focused a lot of my marketing. I joined the chambers, you know, the, the Somerset County Business Partnership, the statewide Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of New Jersey, um, various organizations. I, I basically worked with a lot of the chambers to begin my networking plan. And that also brought in a lot of clients, um, as well as training our team to, you know, teach them how to speak with our customers and open up opportunities with everyone that comes in. We did a lot of social media campaigning. So for us, uh, what really helped us was Facebook and um, even like going on Instagram and LinkedIn. That was key for us. That's really great. And so you're also planning on opening a location in Florida? We are. So we want to do a little, we want to diversify and open up a location in the Fort Lauderdale area. Nice. We just signed an agreement um, where it's our, you know, our territory. So we're going to start looking out in Fort Lauderdale as well as um, Hudson County, New Jersey, which has been okay. on our list of um, locations to also build. How many Stumpy's Hatchet House franchises are there? 
there are about 30 and they're growing. Um, a lot of them on the East Coast and some are starting to expand into the West Coast as well. That's really great. Wow. It's a fun place. It's definitely fun for anyone who has actually uh, gone to an axe throwing. And then what states? So New Jersey, New York. New Jersey, New York, Massachusetts, Virginia, Maryland, Texas, um, NOLA. So Louisiana, nice. some Florida, South Carolina. So they're starting to expand. Really make their way around. And they're so cool inside. Like they kind of makes you feel like you're not walking into a location in New Jersey. It's very yeah. cabin feeling like Adirondack. Feels like you're in the Adirondacks. Yeah, very country-esque, farmhousey. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I loved it. It was, it's like you're in a log cabin. You walk in and you, the smells and it's really great. Um, it's, a, it's a fun time. So to any women that are, you know, in the corporate grind and it, they're just not feeling fulfilled and want to start up their own business, what advice do you have for them? So the advice that I have is, you know, to start work, if you have the idea and you weren't ready had that information gathered and it's just spinning there, um, start to work on a business plan. But there are ways to partner with like the um, SBCA, the Small, the Small Business. Business Association. Yes, you can actually work with them. They will be an advisor to you. It's free to the person that's interested in opening a business and starting a business. They'll help you get everything you need, all your ducks in a row. They're, they're a very good resource. Um, also like the NJEDA. New Jersey Economic Development Authority has so much information out there. So I would go on their website, apply and sign up to receive their, their emails. They're always updating it and coming up with some good grants and opportunities for small business owners. If you're Latina or, or just minority owned uh, business or anyone that's interested in expanding at, at the state level, like the statewide Hispanic chamber is always there. Doors are open for anyone. And they're, everyone is willing to help each other out because the universe will give you all of the reasons why things aren't going right. But instead switch that and say, what, what can I do to make this an amazing experience? What should I be doing next to continue to grow my business? What should I be researching to start my business? So ask what instead of why is what I that's learned in my brain. great advice. And I remember you saying, you know, during COVID, so you had to shut, you had just opened this place you know, you were all excited and then all of a sudden you had to shut down. So instead of looking at it as, I mean, obviously it was not a good thing that you had to shut down, but you took advantage of that and you redid the entire place, correct? Yeah. So stagnation for me is the worst type of, it creates a lot of anxiety. So stagnation is the worst, is your worst enemy. Um, that's my philosophy. So I didn't want to just sit there and wait every day. When are we going to reopen? And what is no, I, my husband and I took advantage of that time that we were closed and we upgraded our venue. Keep moving forward. That is great advice for business and in life. I really yes. love your story and I really appreciate you coming on and sharing that. Um, Cause like I said, when I heard it, I was like, everybody has to hear this. <laughs> it's yeah. very, it's very motivational. It's very therapeutic and it's very um, educational as far as, you know, what it takes to kind of get out there create your own plan and make it happen. So you're always looking for new ideas and ways to give back and help out the community. I love it. And again, thank you so much for being on the conversation. And if anybody is looking for a little stress relief, check out in one of those states, Stumpy's Hatchet House. Thank, thank you, you so Monica. Much. Thank you. And if anyone 
and has any questions, I'm always here to help. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. The conversation is brought to you by Single Throw Marketing. If you're interested in being a guest on our show, email what she said at conversation, C-O-N-V-H-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N.com. Again, I'm your host, Gina Simeone. Listen to us every other week and thanks for listening.